total bands over and over again. There's not such a big factual amusing conversation. I'm the Archbishop of Banterbury. You didn't find up in the opera. Welcome to the Bantercast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of the Bantercast. I am Michael Parker, and along with my co-host, Ben Cohen, we're here to talk about treatment-resistant depression and how to use psychedelics, which are illegal, to treat uh, your depression. Um, there's been a lot of movement in the scientific community uh, vis-a-vis the use of psychedelics and treatment of depression, and uh, we're finding more and more about the way these uh, plant medicines like ayahuasca or huachuma or psilocybin mushrooms uh, can help treat uh, depression when sort of traditional antidepressants or traditional therapy isn't working. I am uh, standing in front of you as an example of um, the use of these psychedelics to treat uh, depression. I recently went to a, uh, to a shaman and drank ayahuasca for the second time. And for the second time, it completely lifted me out of uh, a pretty deep, dark, depressive, and anxious state. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about it a bit. Um, so Ben, you have uh, some experience with uh, psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can give a little bit of an overview of, of your thoughts on them in terms of treating uh, depression. Well, I can't really speak about them curing. Um depression per se but like i think one of the reasons why we wanted to do this episode was because we did the last podcast a couple of weeks ago yeah um, and that was you know we got a lot of feedback from that episode uh, episode 63 on you coming back from a severe mental health crisis mm. right but like you know in all honesty like you weren't looking all that great yeah you were sort of it was like deflated michael you know, I know. It, it was like Michael sort of had been someone had taken the the, the air out. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but then you did this ayahuasca ceremony and then you came back. Like I saw you afterwards and I'm like, oh shit, Michael's back. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? That, that, that's like, it seemed like... Um, yeah, De- it, it definitely. Really made a huge difference. Like the difference was extreme. It's extreme. But, you know, so I have, I've witnessed it myself. I've seen people go from being in a chronic state of depression, you know, chronic depression, literally they cannot lift themselves. They, there's nothing yeah. they do that works. And I've seen people go through doing ayahuasca um, from one state of being to a completely different at the end of it, where they're just a totally changed person. Yeah, um, saw, and that's what I saw in you. De- again. Definitely, mm. and it's this—it's the third. So I've tried everything under the sun to treat um, my depression and anxiety, like everything under the sun. Um, we talked about. I mean, we talked yeah. about all the things that you've done. I mean, it's a crazy list of. You know, oh, I've done it all. If you've you done everything, if you whatever you, I mean, everything from you know, heat shock stuff to intermittent fasting to uh, tons of different meditation, breathing techniques, different mm. diets. <clears throat> Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, eye movement therapy, uh, regular eye movement, EMDR. Yeah, I've done EMDR. A bit, yeah. Um, I mean, these are all things that incrementally would help mm. at the time of treatment. Mm. I've taken antidepressants. I've taken you know tricyclics and 
Uh, they even gave me antipsychotics. I've like so I've done it all, and I think that I mean you were on. So they they, they gave me a they gave me a, a in China they gave me a, a a pill that was actually two drugs in one. It was a tricyclic, which is sort of a dirty older antidepressant, mm. but att- apparently men respond to tricyclics better. And uh, they g- but also had a, 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 a antipsychotic inside of it. So like titrating off of that yeah, yeah. was. You know, obviously you're coming, you're, you're basically withdrawing off two drugs. Anyway, the purpose of this episode is kind of a how-to guide. Like, it's kind of hard to, uh, to get access to a lot of these uh, medicines. So let's just take a step back. There, there's lots of, um, first of all, there's lots of evidence that this shit works. Uh, and there's a lot of different medicines out mm. there to try. Right. So there's... MDMA, there's there's mushroom. MDMA, there's mushrooms, there's you know, there's ayahuasca, there's uh, San Pedro, Huachuma, cactus masculine, essentially. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. There's iboga, cambo, mm. and cambo is not psychedelic. It's not a psychedelic, but it's a it's a medicine. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, you you get injected with no, you get frog poison in yeah. your bloodstream. Yeah, they burn they burn your arm a bit and then yeah. dab. But I, ha- I hear it. I heard great things about it. Yeah. So there's all these different treatments, and there's lot. There's there's no like real good way, uh, easy way. If you live in the United States, uh, to have access to them, but you should know that the difference between me before and after are night and day. So it's, if if it's you tra- it's dramatic, tra- and, yeah. it's it's dramatic. So if you are or anyone you know has treatment resistant depression, which is they tried fucking everything and they're just frustrated and they just I one hundred percent recommend pointing them towards plant medicines. How do you select the right plant medicine? Super, super good question. Super difficult question. I think that um, there is no there is no way to know without unless you actually try them, try them all. And the issue with it uh, is that there's a certain process you have to follow when you're engaging in any mind-altering substance. Uh, And the first thing to understand is that each person's dose dramatically varies. So what dose works for you will be dramatically different. And this is for all, all psychedelic drugs. Yeah. What some people, for example, in ayahuasca, like for me, I like need a tiny amount of ayahuasca and I'm like, like I'm like You're deep, gone. I'm yeah. gone. Yeah. Other people, they need to drink a, like five or 10 times as much to have anything, any kind of experience. Mm. I don't really know why that is. Like I, I'm generally sensitive to like caffeine and uh, alcohol and, and marijuana. Like I'm sensitive to like, stim- like to drugs, to al- alkaloids. Mm. Um, so I, I'm sensitive to psychedelics as well. So there's a, the issue with psychedelics is that because of that, it's easy to take too much or too little. Uh, too little will lead you to sort of be like, well, whatever, that didn't really seem to do much. That was kind of a waste of time. Too much can be traumatic. It can, it can be destabilizing. So that is where shamans come in. Shamans are people who work with these medicines daily and know the right amount to give you and know how to handle and manage your journey to keep you from veering too far off 
There's a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions about shamans. So, like, if you're listening to this and you're kind of a rational, skeptical person who doesn't really, not really into kind of new age stuff, the word shaman probably is a bit of a turn off. Um, yeah. But it's important to know that, like, I mean, that's just the word that they use in. Um, uh, it's, it's Siberian. Yeah, it's Siberian. Siberian shaman is, 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 is the where the word comes from. Uh, but then you go down to the Amazon or go to the, they called did they just called um, curanderos or curanderas, which means healer, or vegetalista or veg, uh, so vegetalista or vegetalista would be um, plant person, a plant person, yeah. someone who just works with plants, and mm-hmm. that means that they've had, and that means that you can't become a curandero unless you've had extensive experience yourself. That means you've drunk these medicines, used these medicines thousands of times. Thousands and thousands and thousands of times, yeah, to the point where you really understand. So it's a different way of knowing. It's a different way of experience. Like a doctor in the US would 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 have to have it's a much more theoretical knowledge of health, right? They wouldn't have to be like a shining example of health themselves, right? You, you know, so they wouldn't have to be you know, Mister Universe or right. a triathlete, right? To, to to get a medical license in the US, right? You just have to pass lots of tests and have a sort of a well, well, you go through a period where you're like uh you were you're in residency and you and you're trained i mean yeah but western medical are very trained right but, but it's a different type of training. different type of training you're not taking um chemotherapy right to right. understand chemotherapy right. you're not like taking antidepressants to understand right. depression or you know you're not taking antibiotics to understand how to cure kind of infectious disease that kind of thing right yeah but so so the the but the 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 shamanic path is more is um uh, the way towards mastery of this stuff is to use the medicines yourself. Yeah, so I think so. So that's all. That, all it means, just to clear that up for anyone who yeah. might be sort of wondering what is a shaman and what are they. I mean, there's some fake ones out there. There's a lot. So again, this is the difficulty of because we have no social uh, like framework for these medicines. It means that like it's there's no like you can't go on like online and like read reviews on on shamans really i mean you you kind of can these days but the 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 difficulty of finding uh, a good shaman is is a real one and but i just want to take a step back before we kind of go into like finding a good uh, healer and finding the right medicine for you and i kind of want to talk about the science quickly because it's important um so what work one of the one of the big uh findings we've we've we sort of found or western science has found in the use of uh psychedelics is that it turns out that a lot of these plant medicines uh stimulate neurogenesis which is the creation of new neurons and new neuron new, new pathways new connections between neurons so it, it it helps which which helps you deal with uh you know with stress um there's a few, we, we thought for many, many decades that uh, new neurons were never formed. We thought that you're, you're born with a certain amount and those deteriorate over time and you, you become older and older and you lose your neurons and then, you know, you know whatever, eventually you die. And that's just not true. And it's not true. We, we do, we do stimulate neurons in, and plant medicines aren't the only way to do it. Uh, like exercise also stimulates uh, neurogenesis. Um, the... But but what it turns out, at least in vitro, inside of like uh, you know petri dishes, is that these plant medicines uh, st- stimulate a lot of neurogenesis, and that uh, that seems to be 
you know, and you, your, your brain seems to be built to be able to do that with these plant medicines. There's, it, there seems to be some basically, yeah, some, so, you know, essentially these, these, uh, these alkaloids, um, have been around for millions of years and have evolved alongside life from its earliest origins. And your body and your brain understand how to, uh, incorporate these medicines and to use them to stimulate uh a neurogenesis the regeneration of your brain that's the weird that's the that's the, for me that's the craziest thing about about these substances right is that when you ingest them it's almost like your body says oh i know exactly what to do with this and yeah ha- if you've never done it before it's a very strange experience because you're like okay wait a second you know i i know this or yeah. or, or my body or this knows me, yeah. Rather, rather, that's the feeling that that I got was that this thing knows me. I don't know it, but it knows me. Yeah. So, uh, so just understand that the the ones that are, that are pretty well, you know, tested um, and have you know, in, at least in in many cultures, many many thousands of years of use. Um, I think you can essentially and and now that there's been more and more uh, Western uh, studies of these medicines, you can be pretty pretty convinced that these are safe, at least safer than any other medication you may be given, which has only been around for a few decades. Yeah, particularly like antipsychotics. Yeah, so, so yeah, if, I mean, just think, just think about it this way, um, that uh, antidepressants have been around for a very, very short period of time in, in human history, and evidence is sort of mounting that they don't really work that well uh, in the long term. Whereas it, it, it's looking like um, that over time psychedelics do have uh, long-term uh, benefits to people who use them, you know, months and years after uh, ingesting them once or twice. So it's just something to keep in mind when you're like, uh, there's a lot of resistance, particularly like in this city where we live in, in Washington, D.C. I think anytime anyone hears psychedelics, it's like an instant sort of like, oh my God, this is, it's Drugs. a drug. It's terrifying. I, I think the big issue is that they're Hippies. afraid of, uh, being on a journey that's scary. And that's a perfectly valid fear to have because I guarantee you, uh, if you do them enough, there will be moments of fear. I mean, you're, that's life. You know, life, life brings up and presents to you moments where it triggers fear within you. Um, you know, you might see a bear in the woods and that's going to trigger fear. You might uh, watch a movie and that might trigger fear. Uh, you might ingest psychedelics and uh, the plants might show you something which triggers fear. But in the case of psychedelics, particularly when you're with a shaman or healer, uh, that fear can be used to heal you. So you have to feel the feeling, in this case fear, you have to feel the fear to heal the fear. Um, and at least for me, when I, uh, when I, when I use uh, psychedelics um, in a particular way, which we can talk about, they are extremely deeply healing. Uh, and let's kind of talk about how the fuck you get access to these things, like where you look, how you get them, because it's really non-trivial. If you don't have a friend or a connection, you're really, it's like you're really on an island. It's like, how do I figure this whole thing out? Like, how do I get access to um, these medicines? So, um it's not so. I think that the the quickest, the easiest and quickest way is the most expensive way, and that's just to get on an airplane and fly to a country which uh, has permissible use of 
these medicines or fly to an area in the United States which has permissible use of the area. Some some and psychedelics you can, are... You can do that. The ayahuasca is... There are places where you can use ayahuasca in the U.S. Legally, yeah. Yeah. At, under like a church. Kentucky or something. There's one in Kentucky. Yeah, so like some... So some uh, basically... Uh, uh, also also uh, San Pedro cactus. Where, where's that... I, I I think it's in Arizona or something. I know you can use peyote on um, Native American. Yeah. So peyote in San Pedro, or San Pedro is other known in in um, the Amazon as Huachuma, or not the Amazon in Peru rather. There's it's either Huachuma or San Pedro. It's the same thing. It's a cactus. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the peyote, which is kind of like a cousin, it's related to San Pedro. And peyote, you can use peyote on on Native American grounds for yeah. religious purposes. Um, I know that, and I think the the effect is quite similar. I've never done peyote, but what's really startling is in the United States, particularly on the West Coast. Over the last couple of years, like ceremonies of uh, wachuma, ayahuasca, um, peyote are popping up everywhere. In, in the West Coast, particularly in Los Angeles and San Francisco. I mean, mm. these are, we're talking about weekly, daily uh, uh, ceremonies that are happening. That's not happening here on the East Coast in the same way. I mean, in New York, there's a lot of ayahuasca, um, but we're seeing a the beginning of a, a big renaissance, this big is, renaissance yeah, it's, of it's these plant medicines. Complete, so I was in L.A. recently, and I was just shocked by how, how widespread um, the use is, like how, how many... People yeah. are just how re- how frequent it is. Just I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was the, yeah. the world is changing quickly. Yeah. So you can you can find online. Uh, you can definitely find um, overseas and and some domestic ceremonies for ayahuasca, um, for peyote in the United States, and of course in in Peru, uh, you know it's really common to find uh, you know any of these plant medicines. So. It's it's as far as getting access to it uh, and building a network, which you kind of will start doing once you go to these plant ceremonies. And once you have a network, you're going to get invited to these things, and um, and you're going to have access to them more more efficiently. Um, but let's kind of talk. Just just quickly, there's a good website that that um, I I think is is if anyone's interested in ayahuasca in particular, it's, it's called um, uh, ayaadvisors.org. Um, and that's actually a, f- a pretty um, legitimate place where people s- do reviews yeah. um, of ayahuasca places. Um, so that's that, that. That would be, and you can read. There's lots of people who've who, who've left reviews on there. So ayaadvisors.org, a y a and then a d v i s o r s dot org. Um, that's somewhere where you can look at look at these things. Um, and ayahuasca is like one of the ones that has more. There's way more. Um, is, there's m- much more prevalent now uh, than a lot of the other ones in terms of the like going to retreat because you have to really go. At least in my opinion, I think having a retreat setting for ayahuasca is actually pr- is actually more important for ayahuasca than it is for a lot mm. of the other ones mm. because of how intense it is because it's really 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 intense. Yeah, let's go down the list of like all these different medicines and what they do and mm. uh, what kind of results you might expect so we can talk about ayahuasca first so ayahuasca is a tea made of a bunch of different plants Uh, a good thing to know is that every shamanic tradition plant medicine tradition uh all over sort of the amazon and the andes uh has a different 
cocktail of plants. But the one plant that's in all of them is a plant called a cappy vine. The cappy vine <clears throat> does not have any psychoactive substances in it, but what it does have is uh, a, a way to uh, allow the dimethyltryptamine in other plants to become uh, orally active. So otherwise, whenever you eat, like in, DMT is in, in pretty much all plants. So like the good, the, your gut has a way of basically breaking down the DMT and not letting it uh, get into your into your brain. So otherwise you'd be tripping balls every time you had a salad. I mean, so you, you need uh, something to make it bioavailable. That's the cappy plant does that, but it also uh, is the primary agent of neurogenesis. Um, the, 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 the no, no, the, the cappy vine. Oh, the, uh, the ayahuasca is one, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So it's called the ayahuasca vine. Well, the di- dimethyltryptamine is, is, yeah, I mean, they, it's, it's part of, um, we're pretty certain that it exists in your brain. Anyway, yeah, and, and your lungs, and yeah, we know it's in the lungs. We don't know. We yeah. we can't. We we basically there's a hypothesis that it is created in the pineal gland. So so ayahuasca is a tea made of a bunch of plants, and and so different traditions, you know, because of the cappy vine's ability to make certain alkaloids bioavailable. Um, different shamans put different plants in there. Not all of them are uh, dimethyltryptamine. Sometimes other things. So that's where understanding your shaman and having a good uh, reputation for that shaman and understand their legacy, their, their lineage comes into Super play because yeah. what what they call ayahuasca could be anything. And uh, particularly now with there being a lot of, a lot more interest in, in mm-hmm. ayahuasca, you, you get a lot of uh, bullshitters. So you got, you can make, I mean, it's, it's big money. It's big money. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I would say really do your homework. Um, I would say don't be reckless um, because you're, there's no regulation here. So, yeah. um, it's no regulation in Peru. There's no regulation in Peru. There's no regulation anywhere. So it's really comes down to lineage and, uh, word of mouth reviews and don't just jump into, uh, you know, a ceremony because you're excited about it. Like do your homework, um, or go with someone you really trust and really know who, who's, who's had a positive who, experience, who had a positive so. experience. Like a lot of people, uh, I've, I've heard some pretty hor- big horror stories and I've heard great stories. So I would just say, so understanding ayahuasca is, is not just like, like mushrooms or, 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 or wachuma, or like basically a single plant. It's a, it's a cocktail. Um, that said, the effects of ayahuasca are unbelievable when they're done properly. Um, f- at least from my experience coming in with, uh, depression, uh, sitting with this brew, uh, and going deep into myself, finding so much beauty in life and realizing how much the universe like loved me because of all the amazing people it put in my life. It was just, I had a really profound uh, journey on it. And I and, just, and, and th- there's a lot of debate as, you know, is it real or not? And, and at least from my perspective, I don't know about yours, but I think like, who, who cares? It works beautifully, and um, the the reason it works is because it performs neurogenesis, because the capybara contains uh, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, which are essentially um, an antidepressant. Um, but, it, it's not, but it's that it kind of has a you're, you're, there's like a synergy right that, that yeah occurs that doesn't happen with Western pharmaceutical yeah products that, that you um, every time every time when you usually. When you ingest a kind of a man-made um, a, a synthetic um, medication, there's always some very serious side effects. Almost always, 
Yeah, and and, the, and ayahuasca, there's very few. There are almost none. Well, there are almost none if you follow the protocol, the, the diet. So yeah. another thing that they know about ayahuasca is you can't just or you shouldn't just like drink it. Just fucking drink it. There's a whole process you need to follow, which is really important. Uh, you need to eat a certain way, a dieta. You can look up, you know, what you can and can't eat, but basically no dairy, very, very little stimulants, very little caffeine. You want to have very little salt. You know, it's, yeah, very little meat. Um, And these are all really, this is not like a, you know, a a suggestion. These are, these are requirements and you need to be off uh, your antidepressants. So for, for at least a couple, two or three weeks, ideally three weeks. It can be, you can have a very, very, it's it's actually quite dangerous to do, have antidepressants. And if you're on antidepressants, they want uh, any rep, any, Good shaman will not allow you to have yeah. ayahuasca if you if you've like just come off antidepressants. So one good way to interview your shaman is when they interview you to see what they ask you, and if they ask you about diet and they ask you about medications, you're probably in better hands than if they just like yeah, come on down, drink it. Um, but the re- yeah. so the reason you can't take antidepressants is because uh, in the copy vine there are these monoamine oxidase inhibitors (MAOIs), and what those do is they stop your uh, your neurons from removing uh, serotonin. Uh, so basically more serotonin gets left inside of your brain than would normally happen uh, for, for a short period of time. But what's possible is getting serotonin poisoning, which is if you have a drug, if you're taking a drug that like produces, like for example, an SSRI um, or a, a TCA or whatever, you're taking these uh, medications which alter your brain chemistry. You could you could have an adverse reaction between the the capivine and your antidepressants. So really important that you're off of those. And there's there's other meds that you should be off too. So it's it's not trivial. I mean you the you know look at look at an ayahuasca dieta. I'd say ayahuasca is the one uh, plant medicine that really requires a lot of pre uh, ceremony work, and that ceremony work is absolutely crucial. So. Um, keep that in mind when you're doing ayahuasca. So important to understand that ayahuasca is a, is a blend of all kinds of stuff. Different people put different shit in it. Be careful. Do your homework. Two, make sure you're off uh, antidepressants for and and any any kind of um, medication that alters your brain chemistry significantly. Be off of it. Uh, three, eat the dieta the way it's designed uh, for a couple dieta of weeks before. Diet, diet yeah. for those not. They and four, and in four interview your shaman. Interview your shaman and make sure that they ask you the right questions. Because if they don't ask you these questions, they're bullshit. Uh, it's this is like your your health that it really it really comes into play. So that said, um, by far the biggest transformation uh, and the biggest like unloading of uh, pain and trauma I've ever had, um, and it's like having an, like an intelligence crawl through your your body and your brain and fix things uh and it's um, incredible and the way i feel now versus the way i felt a couple weeks ago it's like night and day so um it works it works but you have to be prepared so that's ayahuasca i don't know if you have any more stuff on ayahuasca i I think you pretty much nailed it i mean again one of the things when you it seems very strict and very and it and it is very strict the process before you take this um, substance before you take this this mixture, uh, but it's necessary. But it's also I don't think it's anything to be afraid of, uh, and I say that as someone who is afraid of it. Oh, for but, sure. 
Uh, but and then, but what uh, 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 whatever happens with kind of plant medicine stuff with me is I have fear beforehand, and then mm-hmm. I do it, and I go, oh, the fear. The fear is just something that I'm in my in my. I just made it up. Yeah. Right. And and the more fear you have about the experience that you're going to have, the kind of the harder it is. Right. So the fear is kind of like. Yeah. Why the fear that you have about this stuff is why you go why you should go and do this stuff if you see what I mean. So yeah, my my ceremony in ayahuasca was all about fear. Mm. It was completely dominated by fear, and I came in afraid. I was afraid during the journey. I had fear the next day and ayahuasca was just like talking to me and showing me fear and, and making me feel fear. And, and so I, I sat the first night. You did two nights, right? I did two nights. Uh, I sat the first night and I was intending to just be helper. Basically. I was like, I'm gonna take a little bit and help. I'm kind of interested in, I was kind of, really, it was a, it was an excuse cause I was kind of afraid. Um, and so I took a little bit and then I was like, Oh fuck. I'm, I'm absolutely gone. So, you know, I started having, you know, the intense visuals that you can sometimes get. And, um, you know, just this like, and this, this creeping fear came up. And, um, and then I felt ayahuasca kind of going to work on me, showing me, uh, that there's nothing to be afraid of, that the universe loved me. And like, it gave me these, this, this amazing mom, these amazing friends, these amazing parents, this, you know, all these incredible gifts and these incredible, just magical people. But, um, the fear I was uh, avoiding facing the fear by kind of surrendering, 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 and uh, which is like a, which was more of a tactic to avoid fear. So I was just like talking to myself, talking to myself, trying to not feel the fear, but instead like it, try to avoid it by like you know talking to myself and 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 sort of like white knuckling through this fear. So I didn't purge like a lot of times people in ayahuasca they they'll throw up and the purge is sort of a spiritual purge like it, re- it removes these boundaries that are these barriers that you had in your life but I, I didn't purge and um and uh the next day i was having breakfast with the the shaman and all of a sudden i started feeling really afraid and i was like oh fuck and then i felt ayahuasca kind of come back and i was like oh my god I thought you were you thought you had uh, finished the i ceremony. thought i had finished the ceremony and then i i went up to a bathroom and i was like fuck i'm terrified and i just felt like so just a bit about the purging right yeah so before if people you know I, this purging is central to ayahuasca right and a lot of people will get fear about that they're like i don't like to vomit i don't like to be sick and it's, it sounds horrible yeah. that you'd have to throw up but that's kind of central to and purging doesn't necessarily mean you're actually vomiting anything yeah very little comes out it's just like it's almost like a sort of a, a psychic purging yeah so you it's the process of vomiting right but you're kind of like expelling you know if you like sneeze really, really hard. Yeah. The best way I can describe it is like when you sneeze really hard and you go, "Oh Christ, I feel much better." That's right? what it's like. Yeah. Or you, th- or you're like violently ill and you throw up, yeah. and then you go, "Oh wow, I feel much better." Right. You're also not nauseous, like you until you throw up, you're nauseous, but it doesn't like you don't like feel nauseous and throw up, and like you don't deal with like hours of nausea yeah, at you all. Don't, you don't feel sick. You don't feel like you're kind of. Uh... Yeah. So uh, here, here's how the purge works. Um, you. You don't. You, what will happen is something will come up uh, for you. Uh, in my case, we'll we'll just go with a specific example of of my case, right? So, I started feeling a lot of fear, and then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, that is what I need to be purging. I'm f- I I need to let go of this fear, and ayahuasca was basically 
talking to me and being like, yes, fear is a babysitter. Fear keeps you from putting your finger in the electrical socket or from walking off the edge of a cliff. But once you have wisdom, fear becomes way less necessary. It also, fear also stops you from doing a lot of things, uh, including being present uh, to what, what's happening in, in this ceremony. And as soon as I, like, as soon as that kind of came up, I just started purging. I, I started throwing up in the toilet, but I, there was nothing coming out. It was just like this spiritual purging of fear. And, and you, um, you, it feels like, it feels like you're actually stuff coming out. Yeah, it feels it, like it. But then there is, because that happened to me when I was purged. Yeah. I did ayahuasca and I looked in the bucket it was like nothing. It was virtually yeah. nothing in there. So it feels like a spit. lot is coming out. You're like, what? Oh my god, what's in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, ayahuasca is very, very much a purgative, and that's definitely. And a lot of these are purgatives, but um, just, just so you kind of. So what? So that, that this is this happened the next day, right? And I, I purged that. And uh, and then after that, I was like, kind of no longer felt like I, I felt like out of ayahuasca again. I was like, okay, okay, that's the lesson. Okay, I got it. I got it. And then uh, that night, I, I drank a little bit again. And I was like, I want to help people. I want to I be of service. And I'm just going to purge really quickly, and then I'm going to go back to helping people. So I, I drank a tiny bit of ayahuasca, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go purge. I'm like, okay, no more fear, no more fear. And then like, I basically was putting the thing, my finger down my throat, no more fear. And I wasn't throwing up at all. <laughs> like, not even, like, normally you do this, you'll throw up, like, as a normal thing. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. throw up. And I was like, I'm not throwing up, I'm not throwing up, I'm not throwing up. And then I just felt this ayahuasca being like, okay. You don't want to help anybody. You're afraid, and you're trying to hide. Mm. And I was like, "No, no." I, I was like, "I am the, I'm the hero of my own story. Uh, I, I can do whatever I want to do." And it was like, "Okay, okay, you're hiding. You're afraid, and you're using the excuse uh, because you're afraid of being judged that you want to help other people, but it's not real." And I was like, "No, no, no I really want to help." And then Ayahuasca was like, "Oh, you really want to help? Okay, go help." And then all of a sudden, everyone in the room just started purging. At the same time, and as I like, go clean up the puke, so I clean up everyone's puke and like and like you know you know wash it away and stuff. But but anyway, ay- ayahuasca definitely brings up stuff, and you do tend to purge it out, and it helps you to kind of deal with it. You feel it to heal it, kind of thing. So anyway, that that's ayahuasca. There's a lot of homework to be done before you do it. It is really magical, and mm. um, you know we've talked about ayahuasca a bunch of times in the podcast. Uh, it's definitely a medicine, and I would say if you're afraid of it, uh, just know that it heals you. It's, it, it's, it, it's a medicine and, in the strictest sense of the word. It's a medicine. Yeah. And you should be afraid. You know, people are afraid before going to, the, going to surgery or getting a shot or whatever, getting their you know teeth fixed. Like yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, there's fear there. And just understand that the, the fear, you know, there's thousands of years of uh, lineage using these medicine, this medicine particularly, and... Um, it's, I mean, it's safe. It's safe. It's safe unless you have uh, you've been diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia, yeah. because these uh, journeys can trigger episodes of schizophrenia. So again, uh, you know, be be mindful and cautious about your own mental health. These are these can be very intense experiences. And ayahuasca is definitely the intense one. Mm. So um, that's that's something to keep in mind. But. Um, uh, let's talk about uh, Wachuma next. This is something I don't, I don't know anything about. You're more of an expert on this than I am. I, I, I wouldn't say expert, but I've, I've drunk Wachuma many times now. I don't say many times. I've drunk it 
seven, eight times now. And like, you know, while that doesn't seem necessarily like a lot, it's each each time you drink any of these sacred plant medicines, right? So the in uh, in Peru or, or in South America, um, ayahuasca and cochima are regarded as to, as the master plant teachers or master healing plants. Um, there are other psychedelics, obviously, but those two are are held in very very high regard, uh, particularly in those in the shamanic cultures. Um, more so than mushrooms, more so than than uh, there's all sorts of like salvia divinorum and marijuana mm. and all those kind of things. But in terms of psychoactive plants, but Huachuma, uh, San Pedro, and ayahuasca were regarded as the master teachers, the master healers. Um, and it's interesting when you were talking about ayahuasca, is like ayahuasca speaking to you, right? I mean that that is how it feels. Yeah, it's how it feels. Whether you don't hear voices, but it you can tell it's talking to you. It's communicating yeah. with you in some way yeah. right it's like and it's not it, yeah right it's not necessarily through it's not like all audio it's yeah not it's of, not audio or, it can be a mixture of visual and somatic yeah like your body it's i've had very strange kind of commu- um communication with uh both plants yeah but the communication was very much i felt it like it was something it was a feeling but that wasn't a feeling that was generated by myself. So, so there's so ayahuasca and wachuma are kind of seen as, I guess, a yin and yang type thing. So ayahuasca is seen as the grandmother or the mother, and wachuma as the father. So well, grandfather, grandfather, spirit, spirit, yeah, like a, grandfather spirit. Yeah, so, they have like a like an essence or a, or a kind of a. So whereas ayahuasca kind of like is very confrontational. Mm. Uh, I'm told that Hawachuma is feels more like a gently guided process that that guides you more gently uh, yeah. through a series of steps mm. uh, to get you somewhere. But there, at the end, there's often still purging. Yeah, there can be. Yeah. So with with Hawachuma, um, the, there's no diet required. Not really. I mean, maybe a day before, a couple of days before, you want to cut out heavy kind of meat and salt mm. and alcohol. Out, definitely alcohol uh, and crappy foods and tobacco and anything like that but it doesn't require you go on a strict diet at all um, so you don't have to go in um, you know not eating meat you can have had a pretty normal life up until a day or two before uh, so that, that that's actually quite nice that's, that's yeah. quite, it's like very it's quite a convenient medicine yeah. in, in many ways um, the process is far less confrontational but equally as as um, profound and uh, equally as um, deep, right? I mean, it can go very, 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 very deep into what's bothering you. Um, every experience I've had with Huachuma has is, is been profound, to say the least. But it's kind of like, they call it like um, the experience of drinking Huachuma is a, a lifetime in a day. So you experience a lifetime of emotions and feelings in a single day. And the experience must last much, much longer. So you, you know, you can go anywhere from ten to twelve hours. The the, the experience, um, and it takes you through a whole series of issues you might be having, um, one by one, and you have to kind of sit with all of those feelings that you're having, and let the sort of plant do its thing, uh, and it kind of teases out. It teases out these these emotions that you're having or these issues that you've been having it finds them 
Um, and the, the ayahuasca is kind of like you, you see it, you confront it, and you purge it, right? Mm-hmm. Quatrima is like you sit with it for a long time. Right. Right? So it's kind of like being pushed. Right. Um, yeah. It's kind of like being gently pushed. But like imagine... Um, like a, what, what was it the shaman that I saw he got it's like a feather it's by being pushed by a feather but it's a giant feather mm-hmm. and it's relentless right and it just keeps coming right it feels like a, I heard it feels like a process it's like it's like you are on the train yeah and it's taking you gently through a process yes. and you're, you're going through and it you, and you can't get off the train you can't get off the train yeah. you can't get off the train <laughs> and so, yeah so, so it's, it can be quite like you, you get into these I would I frequently go through these funks, these like deep funks. Mm. Like, you know, when you're in a funk about something. Oh, yeah. Right. But it's like that times a hundred, right? So you're in this deep, 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 deep funk, and all the negative things that you've been thinking about that's bothering you, and like, why are people dicks? And, you know, why can't I, why aren't I making more money? Or why this, why that, why that? Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Right. You sit with these emotions, and your feeling is intensified like many, 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 many times. And you have to, it kind of like, you're searching for the answer, right? It kind of makes you search for the answers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and that can take a while. Right. You'll get to the answer. Right. It will give you the answer. Right. But it just takes you, it can take you a long, long, long time to get there. Um, yeah. So the, the, like we can take a step back quickly, just so you understand that it's uh, made from a cactus. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas I think, don't quote me on this, but I think ayahuasca, I think dimethyltryptamine is an analog for serotonin, whereas mescaline, which is the psychoactive component of Wachuma, is mm. a dopamine analog. So Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not a true psychedelic. So so Wachuma is not regarded as a classic psychedelic. Right. No visuals. Mm. Minimal. You can, you can, you can, but it's not like I like ayahuasca. I found when I've drunk ayahuasca, I've gone from <laughs> like gone. one. You're in one reality, then you're in another. Yeah, right. So that's yeah. Quachuma is very much like you're attached to this reality. Yeah, they say it's grounding this. and heart opening. It's extremely grounding and extreme. It does. It's very heart opening. So it makes you kind of fall back in love with like the the earth and right. your fellow human beings. That sounds nice. It's it's great, but the process of getting there is not necessarily right. all that pleasant, right? It's healing is painful, right? Yeah. And it's, I've gone, you know, I've gone fairly deep on this stuff, like yeah. really, really, and had some very uh, difficult experiences and it really, really tough. Um, tough in a different way to ayahuasca, but, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's taking you to the same point, but in a different way. Ayahuasca just like rips the bandage off and says like, okay, here you go. Here's the wound. Let's disinfect it. You know, Quachuma's like, oh, here's the wound. Let's yeah. take it off very slow. We're gonna right. pull the we're gonna pull the bandaid off. Grandpa. It hurts, yeah, it hurts, but he's gonna do it slowly. Yeah, just so you kind of you can kind of get used to the pain. Right, you right. Know? And you can you know, look, I don't. I could drink San Pedro a few times a year. I could do it every four or five months, maybe. Yeah, and I would be fine with it. Yeah. Ayahuasca, I'm talking like once a year maybe and that's yeah. like at a push. And I last did it four years ago and it's still pretty bloody fresh with me. Yeah. Like I th- it's not a day I go by when I don't think about the four yeah. ceremonies. Oh, it's I been had. four years just said. Uh, four years and there's not a single day that I don't yeah. go part and when I, and one of the I would say the benefit of ayahuasca over Huachuma is like ayahuasca makes you it makes you feel things so deeply yeah. that it lasts 
forever. I mean, just I know it, it, it's never gone. Right. Right. It's always there. It's always inside you. And more so, I feel that more so than Quachuma. Quachuma mm. is a bit more kind of like, um, it's not as long, necessarily as long lasting. Okay. Um, in terms of the, no, I don't know. No, in a different way. I, I can't say that. I, I can't necessarily say that. Like, Quachuma's definitely changed, changed the way I perceive the world, made mm. the world a much more beautiful place for mm. me, I would mm. say, because of the way that it kind of, like, opens up your senses completely. Like, it really blasts your senses open, so you feel everything. You see, you know, your vision becomes, like, it feels like your vision becomes infinitely better. Mm. Your Your hearing becomes much better your sense of time, all, all your feelings are kind of like multiplied or amplified massively. And then, mm-hmm. and then for me, a lot of that hasn't gone away. Right. So I just, I hear things differently. Mm. I feel things a bit differently now uh, in a, in a good way. In a, in, in a way, it's almost like having a kind of a, a superpower almost, but it's, a, but it's yeah. a dip, but you have to be careful with it because you can, you know, yeah, there, there's, I mean, so, so, uh, San Pedro has been studied a lot less than almost, ayahuasca. There's almost nothing on it. There's yeah. almost nothing on it. We do know with ayahuasca that for the treatment of Parkinson's, it seems to be extremely effective. Mm. Um, Alzheimer's for Alzheimer's, yeah. it seems to, it seems to not, uh, heal Alzheimer's, but it seems to stop the, your, the degeneration of your mm. neuro, neurosynaptic pathways. Mm. Um, but, but Huachuma uh, has been used for many thousands of years in the Amazon, in many hundreds of years in, in the not United in the States. Amazon, actually. It's, not, it's not actually from the Amazon. Oh, no. It's in the, um, the highlands. It's the in, Andes? It's, it's, yeah, it's in the Andes. Okay. It's a cactus because it grows yeah. in a different... Right. Okay, so it's been used for many thousands of years in, in, in the Andes um, mm. and, and only a few hundred years in the United States. Apparently, it kind of came in pretty recently to the United, United States. Yeah, peyote is actually... It's interesting that peyote is not... People think that peyote is kind of... Native Americans have been using it for right. thousands of years, but it's not true. It's not true, yeah. It's not true. But but San Pedro, like Huachuma, yeah, it has been. Well, what they think happened was um, um, ayahuasca shaman came out of the um, the, the the Amazon um, up into the Andes, and there's like a meeting point. Mm. Right? There's a point where kind of um, the use of this psychoactive cactus mm. began. Uh, I think it was like three and a half, four thousand years ago. But a lot of the original artwork that is based on um, uh, so, you know, the use of Quachuma. Um, a lot of the artwork, a lot of the animals in the artwork don't come from the Andes. Mm. So the, the artwork comes from the Amazon. You know, the, the jaguar, there's, there are all these... Um, uh, in the, there's a whole kind of mythology surrounding... Not mythology, but, but um, what would be the right word? Uh, spiritual... Um, architecture maybe one might call it right so there were like there's the idea of having three shamanic worlds you've got the lower the middle the upper worlds and they're defined by different character by different animals so the a lot of the use of of uh, huachuma they had all these different um animals but they came from the the jungle so some of the things behind that set goes that basically the indigenous people weren't using in the andes weren't using huachuma until shamans from the jungle came out interesting and and with a very very sophisticated understanding of plant chemistry mm. and obviously found whatever was there and were like okay we can use this right and created a lot of ceremonial use from this cactus uh, with their knowledge of plants from from the amazon yeah so so, so um so basically wachuma is is a cactus i mean you could 
hypothetically, I'm not advising you to do anything, but you could just buy this cactus on it's legal, the internet. It's completely legal to buy. You can buy it. So in fact, I've got a San Pedro cactus. I've got a Pachuma cactus in my car Yeah. at the moment because my family, my half, my, my wife's family are Peruvian and my mother-in-law just gave me a San Pedro cactus. That's cool. Because uh, in, in Peru, um, it's very, very common to find San Pedro cactus uh, in your house, you put it by your door to, to ward away bad mm. spirits. So, so it's it's very different from ayahuasca. I mean, uh, I think we're gonna see a big uh, renaissance of wachuma in in the U.S. just because it's so easy to make and to do. There's tons of tutorials online. Oh, if I had to do it, so. although I wouldn't it, yeah. rec- I wouldn't recommend doing that though. I would 100 percent not recommend yeah, I, doing you that. You can really bugger that up. Yeah, and and, and it, I think it's less important doing wachuma like the you have way more control over yeah. your body. You know, you, you could just... If I was on Huachuma now, you wouldn't... I, I could be on Huachuma right now. Maybe you are. I'm not. I swear. <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm definitely not. Um, I could be on Huachuma right now and, and be functioning pretty normally. Right, right. Um, but I would, again, I would advise going down to... Usually, I would say Peru, where it's yeah. where the birthplace of this stuff is, where there's, where there's a long history of use. Um, there are lots of really good retreat places that you can go to and drink mm. and they're kind of near loads of organic food and whatnot yeah. and a really beautiful setting. It's nice to be in nature when you do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my advice for using that. I mean, it's harder to find places that do Huachuma. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's loads of good places that you can go. There are loads of good places that you can go to. And I think that if you're afraid of ayahuasca, San Pedro is a really good introduction is it can be a really good introduction to this kind of stuff if like if i had my time over again i might have just done that mm-hmm, first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know done that a few times first and then gone to ayahuasca rather than gone straight to ayahuasca yeah i i don't i wouldn't know i would i would just say go straight to ayahuasca but i've never done much humor so i don't know so um the let's talk about uh psilocybin mushrooms next so that one i mean the west is much more familiar with them they've mm. been around you know they're on. They grow on every continent except for Antarctica. You know, so uh, have mushrooms. There's tons of different species. They're eaten fresh. They're eaten dried. They're made into teas. They're put into chocolates. I mean, um, I think people are. They're much more recreational as well. People people use them very recreationally in the mm. West, and I think that is fine. But I think specifically here we're talking about using it to treat depression. And there's also a lot of science behind psilocybin. I mean, uh, I mean, we're already seeing them, uh, you know, the, the process to have it removed from being Schedule 1 just because uh, its use in treatment of uh, post-traumatic stress is so compelling. Um, astonishingly effective yeah, for, yeah. For, for depression and for um, uh, anxiety. Yeah. Oh, I would say, for me, the, the, the most incredible medicine. Um, so let's talk about how to uh, take them ceremonially to deal with your depression because it's totally different from, you know, getting together with your friends and, like, getting high doing and joking shrooms, around, yeah. doing shrooms. So it's a totally different process. So uh, the first thing you want to do is for two or three days before, cut alcohol, caffeine, any... For st- for yeah, yeah, for mushrooms. Any stimulants. What you're trying to do is basically clean out the receptors in your brain. Um you know, cut out stimulants, cut out salt, cut out uh, too much sugar. Um, just, just, you know, get your body in a really good, healthy space. You know, eat plenty of, eat like a, you know, rainbow medley of fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, you can do limited meat, uh, but I would say cut meat uh, 24 hours before. Mm. 
Um, and then uh, the day of, uh, make sure you get a sweat going the day of. So do hot yoga or, uh, you know, a, go for a run or get get up, get to a place where you're starting to stimulate neurogenesis. In order to, in order to do that, you need to be sweating. Uh, and just get your, that like boosts your, gives you like a good boost baseline for your sort of psychological state that day. If you're mm. feeling down, you kind of want to go into the ceremony feeling as uh, robust as you can. And then a really important part is the in direct intention setting. Write your intention down. Uh, you know, if your intention is self-love, self-healing, write all that down in a, on a piece of paper, fold it, put it in your pocket. And then don't do it on your own unless you're really experienced. Have a friend um, be your trip sitter just to give you some grounding um, while you're out there and just have them make them aware of your intention to kind of bring you back to your intention if you ever kind of like start wandering. Mm. And then that's what, this is what, you know, when uh, Ben and I sat legally somewhere where it was <laughs> legal and safe, uh, it was really good to have a, you know, he introduced me to mushrooms, which really helped me a lot. And it was just good to have someone else there. Um, and then dose. Okay. Dose is like everything here. So, uh, find your dose and don't overdose. So, so I would say, uh, everybody is different, but you're safe around two and a half to three grams. I think you're pretty safe there. Uh, too much more above that. You start getting into like epic territory. And if you're not experienced and sitting through, like intense psychedelic experiences, I would avoid that altogether. I would just, I would say you could even microdose if you want in uh, the process of microdosing is very different from uh, this kind of journeying process to treat your depression. So if you want to microdose, what you want to do is get a bunch of dried mushrooms, grind them up because each mushroom has a different amount of psilocybin in it. Yeah. You don't really know. That's you don't the, know. One of the issues with, yeah. Cause there are some issues with, sorry. Go, yeah. Go so ahead, so grind them into a powder uh, and then uh, you get some gelatin capsules and, and capsule them up and then weigh each capsule so you know how much you're taking. Um, you know, the, the amounts you should take kind of vary, but, you know, you know, uh, you know half a gram or to a gram a day. Um, and people, there's tons of great websites on, on microdosing, how to do it and how to sort of measure your dose because you're going to have to like do a little diary for a week or so kind of figuring out your microdose. Um, but the effects of microdosing are really different from the effects of like going on a journey. I, I don't find it to be as effective as just oh, a single journey because after a single journey, you feel great for a week or two after mm. it anyway. And you tend to get to some point of resolution. Like I, I always find in the journey some point of resolution where the mushrooms kind of show me something that I need to know. And it's almost always been like a loving healing thing. Mm. Um, but that kind of matches my intention and I'm also really intentional how I take it. I'm intentional what I do before I'm intentional what I eat. Um, you know, all these things have a big influence on your body's reaction to them. So, um, and if you find yourself like in any psychedelic experience through a moment of difficulty, the key is, is to remember that time will continue to pass. And that moment, that experience of fear, uh, let's say like, you know, you feel like you're losing control or you feel like, you know, you, you know, you're going to, you're, you're seeing things or you're, you're, you're going crazy or like, this is going to last forever. You know, these are all, um, subside, yeah, it would, it will, yeah. it will, um, dissipate these deep, but these thoughts that that mechanism happens in your daily life too. 
It just happens invisibly. It's just that when you're on psychedelics, you become more aware of the programming that you have mm. of these kind of cognitive distortions. Like the one cognitive distortion is this is going to last forever. No, it won't. Nothing lasts forever. The nature of the universe has changed um, or, you know, uh, or whatever, you know. Uh, and the key is when you're finding yourself, that's why it's really important to have a buddy just being like, hey, I'm having a little bit of a hard time and just uh, patiently sit through it, just knowing that the time that that uh, it won't last forever. But that's that's psilocybin mushrooms. There's, I mean, psilocybin uh, as an alkaloid uh, has tons of evidence behind it. Um, again, these mushrooms are illegal in the United States, but that uh, in ten years they won't be. Uh, they're they're going to be used in, in treatment because they're so effective for yeah, treatment resistant depression. Be, I mean, there's loads of studies going on, like Johns Hopkins um, is doing major studies, uh, has, has done several studies on, on the use of psilocybin. Imperial College London, yeah. um, there's uh, like, we, we, na- we know it now that mushrooms can be astonishingly effective in the treatment of depression. I mean, look, I have, there are, for me, there are certain, ca- uh, the, the, one of the issues I have with mushrooms, I do have issues with mushrooms, yeah. one of the issues I have with mushrooms is the fact that you a you don't know where it's come from? Yeah, almost certainly you don't know where it's come from. B there is we don't have any. There is no ceremonial use of it, not really. Yeah, you have to go from there's like Mexico, the where they have there's like a ceremonial use of mushrooms, right? Yeah, uh, where you have kind of mushroom shamans who kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, um, and because of that, it means you're kind of. I mean, I have spoken to shaman who have warned against it. They say, look, like once you start going above a certain dose. You're in yeah. Dan- you're in dangerous territory. Yeah. Um. And when you when you're in that territory, um, there are, are no real guides to kind of. And one of the benefits of doing ayahuasca or San Pedro, um, is that you have experienced guides. Yeah. And they know exactly what's going on. They know exactly how to kind of. Yeah. Mitigate the effects of it. I mean, what they've done in a lot of the studies is they you, know, you can sit in a. You, you're in a kind of a, doc, a doctor's office mm-hmm. in a quiet room with uh, you know eye shades and, yeah. uh, and uh, listening to some music, right? I mean, that's pretty low-tech compared to oh, yeah. uh, what shamans do, particularly what ayahuasca shamans do. Oh, yeah, it's like nothing. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Ayahuasca shamans are on a completely... It's hard to even sort <laughs> it's of... It's unbelievable. It's hard to comprehend what they, what they do because yeah. it sounds like nonsense, right? It's when like, you, if if Next we were level. to really go into detail about what shamans do in yeah. ayahuasca, I mean, no one listening to if you haven't done ayahuasca, you just wouldn't believe you it. Think we're crazy. Yeah. You think we were insane, but do it and then. But, but basically, you. understand that they are, you know, they are professional athletes at guiding your journey mm. safely. So there's a captain driving the ship, whereas in mushrooms, it's your fucking friend Ted from college, and you know, he, who fucking knows where he got the mushrooms, and yeah. so that. So th- another thing you can do is grow your own mushrooms. It's legal to have the spores. It's illegal to grow them, but the spores can be bought legally online yeah. and grown in your garage really easily. Uh, and that gives you, at least you know that, like, you know, they weren't grown in, like, cow shit, uh, you know. Um, well, I mean, that's where they... Th- that's true, but, like, these days, who, who knows what, where, what kind of, cow, you know, it, how fresh is it, you know. I, you can grow it in, like, uh, you know, substrate bags, uh, you yeah, know, made yeah. of, like, wood pulp, and, like, at least you have a, you know, you're not going to get salmonella or something. Um but, but and also, but also know that mushrooms are not plants either. Mushrooms are fun, is it? That's yeah. a fungi, right? So, there's, so there's a qualitative difference between yeah. the, the a mushroom and, and the plants. Um, and I and I think that I think 
once you get into the sort of higher doses, I mean, this is getting a bit more kind of in depth, but like once you get to the higher to the to the higher doses, you start to notice. You really do start to notice the difference. Um, but uh, but that means there are different physiological effects on it. Mushrooms, like, um, they say that there's no toxic dose of mushrooms. Yeah. Right. But I felt very 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 ill from having too much. Too much. Right. Yeah. Like really not well at all. Yeah, so be careful on your dose. I mean, be gentle with yourself. You know, you're safe around two and a half, three grams. Mm. I think that's pretty safe for most people. Um, five grams, you're in. You're five in. grams, you're you're getting into like epic territory, and mm. it's not a contest. I've, I've gone, ab- I've, gone ab- I've gone above that. I've gone significantly yeah. beyond five grams, and I would highly not recommend. Yeah, that. yeah. And, and my my ego um, and my confidence uh, w- was duly beaten to a pulp. Yeah, um, it's not a mistake I'll make again. Uh, yeah, because you, 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 a lot of the kind of psychonaut, a lot of um, self-proclaimed psychonauts, right? You know, where they really try to push the envelope on how far they go. And this is the dumbest for me. This is the really the stupidest way that you can do this stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, it's you. You don't really know. We don't really understand what we're messing with here. Mm-hmm. Not really. You know, uh, you go to in countries and cultures where they do understand this stuff. They're very, very, very conservative about dose. Extremely yeah. conservative about dose. Minimum effective dose is the way to go, always. Um, and just understand as well. So let's talk about fear quickly because it's really important to talk about this. Um, because I, I'm, I'm worried we're, we're erring too much on the side of like caution, uh, which is it's, it's important to be cautious, do it. but it doesn't mean do don't it. do it. Yeah. It's, it's like on the other side of fear is a breakthrough and a transformative breakthrough. And these plant, these medicines, will give you that. Um, it's just that do it in a way where you're gentle and respectful of yourself, knowing that it's a journey and you don't need to fix everything all at once. Um, because we're, the next one we're going to talk about is the is kind of a more intense one. It's one I've never done. I don't think you've ever done. Uh, so that's Iboga. Iboga is... Uh, I've heard about... I mean, yeah. I've just heard the stories. Yeah, so Iboga, uh, it's the only one that can really kill you. Uh, it's my understanding that if you take too much uboga, you can die. Um, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Doesn't mean you shouldn't. But, well, it's like you drink too much alcohol, you can die. But um, but it also the reason that people tend to uh, well the reason people have died it's not not very many have died on iboga is because it tends to be used to treat uh, severe addiction problems. Um, it it apparently is extremely effective in uh, you know people with heroin addictions or alcohol or you know. Uh, addiction, so it's made from a the bark of a of a tree, the aboga tree, uh, which is native to to. So that's, isn't it a bark of a tree? I believe aboga is a root. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, check that. Um, so it's like I think, uh, yeah, ibogaine comes from like the Bwiti religion. Um, yeah, in, in Gabon. The, I think the the legend goes that someone, um, because I think um, porcupines eat it. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, and then someone in a vi- someone like years and years and years, hundreds of years ago, brought it back to eat and ate the porcupine that had just eaten the iboga. And this man or woman went on a s- massive psychedelic trip, um, and then that then that birthed the Bwiti culture, the Bwiti use of of um, iboga. Um, ibogaine is the is the um, the ex- the extract right that's the active compound I believe in in iboga so it's the root the bark of the root 
Bog the route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, so we're both right. Um, yeah, we're both right. Um, but yeah, so so he, but Iboga, from what I understand, and again, like I haven't looked into this for a while, but what I understand is that it's the only nut. It's the it it it, it binds to every single receptor, every single. Um, Serotonin. I think that we have in our brain we have receptors, and you know the serotonin receptors and that kind of stuff. But iboga binds to all of them, hmm. right? So that I like DMT binds to specific receptors in the brain. Uh, um, psilocybin mushrooms or psilocin uh, binds to um, other ones um, that are quite similar, but iboga binds to all of them. It's, yeah, yeah. It's the most complete psychoactive compound we known to man yeah again i, I look into this because i'm i might be i'm just freestyling this but like that's as i understand it it's incredibly complex it's incredibly complex um so yeah this is not something i would recommend like doing lightly and without the use of professionals yeah uh so uh it's mostly used to treat addiction so if you it's if if anyone you know i mean uh, there are iboga shamans about and uh, it's mostly used in the treatment of addiction and, and um yeah there are clinics there are clinics you can go to there's places in mexico where it's legal it's actually legal in britain oh really yeah there was an iboga clinic in london I believe. oh that's cool and so you can use it legally uh and under medic you want to go to a place if you're going to use that if you're suffering if you're like, addicted to heroin or you're opioid, yeah right but you want to go to a place where there's actual medical, there's a serious medical facilities as well because it can dramatically speed up your heart. Mm-hmm. Your oh, heart right. Rate. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So you just, you want to make sure. So now that in the reputable places, they have like nurses and doctors on call if anything goes mm-hmm. wrong um, that you can get, you know, yeah. seen to. So the, the results I've read about, at least it shows people with like sort of a massive transformation with regard to oh, yeah, addiction. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Mm, interesting. So those are a kind of a good. It's a kind of a good intro to how you can, you know, start thinking about these uh, medicines and finding. Uh, you know, I would I would say. You know, if I were to, I mean, I've never. There's two. Of those, I've never done any boga or huachuma. I intend to do huachuma pretty soon. Um, but mm. I can tell you that uh, ayahuasca and mushrooms have saved my life without a doubt. Uh, mm. And the only thing I've ever done that's been effective in the treatment of my depression and anxiety has been ayahuasca and mushrooms. That's the only thing I can tell you has, that has worked, and I've tried everything else. So um, just keep that in mind as a possibility if you're struggling with something or know mm-hmm. someone who's struggling. Like, I, feel, I mean, and that's why we want to do these podcasts, right? Yeah. A lot of the stuff on, on mental health really is about... Um, trying to yeah reach other people who might be struggling and and you know this is something that we've both had personal experience with in terms of the medicines you've yeah. had experience with i mean i've had experience with a s- severe anxiety mm. um that i got uh actually from one of the things was from i overdosed i did too many mushrooms yeah and that you know so that was the the flip side of that is i had i suffered from massive anxiety after that yeah uh, but i had um wachuma and wachuma but I had it was administered by a shaman. Yeah, uh, and that cured me completely. Of yeah, that, of 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 the after effects of of going way too deep on 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 a substance I didn't really understand properly. Yeah, um, but for for you, I mean, yeah, I mean, the difference is is mm. is, ext- is you know extreme, and 
I, I guess if like one of the, you know, if anyone's listening to this who's suffering from disease, you don't. You, guess what we're saying is like you don't have to. You don't have yeah. to suffer. There, there. You don't have to suffer. There are medicines out there that for thousands of years have worked, yeah. and they're available to you. And, and, and they work. And they work. They work. Yeah, they work. I mean, you will feel better. Uh, you will go through a little bit of difficulty, probably, maybe. Maybe, I, you know, I, I say that because I'm projecting so much of my own experience on people because my but experiences are like a challenge. There are people who are in ceremony with me who are having the fucking time of their life, oh, came yeah, in depressed, had the time of their fucking life, left and feel great. So yeah. I am not going to project. My experiences are always like I'm like going to battle. <laughs> and it's like I like. I go to battle with, you know, myself, um, mm. but, but others don't. So I would say, you know, you're going to have your own experience. Just know that these medicines are here for you. They're available. They work. They are, um, you know, there are great shamans out there who, who know Very how to use them. Super beings, yeah. compassionate, non-judgmental kind. They've literally seen it all. Uh, and, um, they are out there everywhere. And so just keep that in mind. The, the, there are medicines available uh, outside of the sort of traditional, like you, you go to your, your doctor and they're going to prescribe antidepressants. I'm just telling you that there's another way. It worked for me. Um, you know, proceed with caution, of course, like any me- medicine, like anything you're going to do, do your homework. But just know that they're out there and they're available and they help you and they've been helping people for thousands of years and we're only starting to catch up with it now. Mm. Um, but we will, this is the beginning of a big revolution in the treatment of, uh, depression and anxiety. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the the feeling, the feeling of connectedness, uh, and the improved, uh, you know, I know that a lot of uh, traditional, uh, like tribal communities use these medicines actually to improve their ability to hunt, improves their vision, their hearing, uh, their, their sense of, uh, place Mm. in the forest. So, these are very enhancing uh, medicines and they should be, you know, they should be, of course, taken with caution and with care. Um, but I hope that this is a little bit of an introduction to you. And, and just know that if, if, uh, if fear is holding you back, that that's totally normal. And um, just understand that these medicines uh, can be scary, uh, like anything new can be scary, but they work and there's thousands of years of history behind them. And, um, on the other side of your fear is, you know, potentially your biggest breakthrough. So, um, I would explore them gently and, uh, with hope. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think on that note, we'll yeah. probably wrap it up. But if you, if you'd like to support the podcast and what we're doing, um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash bantercast. That's B-A-N-T-E-R-C-A-S-T. Uh, that's patreon.com forward slash bantercast. Um, so the more, the more we get, the, the more people who subscribe to the show, um, the more we can do, more we can talk about a lot of these issues, which is what we're kind of aiming aiming to do. Uh, we're very, very grateful for those who are subscribing, subscribing to the show already. And um, yeah, we just hope we can be of some assistance, some help. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs>